Matt Stepp, yes or no? New Year's is the most spare holiday. No. Ooh. It's President's Day. Step and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your New Year's buddies at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I'm the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm your New Year's football friend, Matt Step. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. And welcome to the last show of the decade? Or the, ha, ha, ha. Or the first the like the like i don't know when what's the decade like is is this the is See, two, I think it depends because some people say the decade ends in 2020 some say the decade already ended in 2019 yeah i was gonna say anyway so, whatever it is it's the last podcast of 2020 that's for is, damn that, that is damn, for damn sure i am not doing another one in 2020 anyway. i can't i can't stand another show with you just can't do it not it's in 2020 beautiful. well not in 2020 and you look back over some of the podcasts we've done, especially like those ones in the summer where like we need to record a podcast and the podcast is going to be about how seven on sevens canceled <laughs> or like or, <laughs> how everything's terrible. Everything's terrible. There was there. Was, we had an everything's terrible phase of this podcast back in uh-huh. April, May, June, like that area before we really started getting into like preview stuff. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, yeah. Anyway. We're past that, and now we're into the regional final of the Talking 6A about Private football field. being played on a football field. Football on a football field, uh, and we'll be talking about games. Well, I don't know. There are two games on Thursday and then a bunch on Friday and Saturday. I don't know if we'll be talking about any games that are happening in 2020, but we'll be talking about some games happening in 2021. You know what's weird is Friday night, fr- there's, there's no games Friday night. Everything on Friday is during the day. Is that right? I believe so. I don't. I, oh I my do not gosh. believe we have a Friday night game. We only have five games on Friday. Yes, yeah. two Thursday, five Friday, a bunch Saturday. Which, two Thursday, five Friday, nine Saturday. Now yeah. Friday, the latest kickoff is three fifteen at Globe Life. Wow, uh, businessman special. Yeah, so we'll all get to watch the college football playoff. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Um, this is your regional final preview edition of Tep and Step. We do appreciate you being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. We're going to get to our draft here in a moment. But first, Matthew, let's take a look back on the regional finals, regional semifinals, rather, which I think, I th- I don't know. I don't necessarily believe there are upsets in, as, when we get to this part. I mean, there were a couple. Like, for example, if San Antonio Stevens had beaten Westlake, that would have been an upset. I think we both agree with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There were games like that. I think if, uh, you know, if Hightower, maybe if Hightower beaten Manville, I guess. Yeah. I think Hightower had beaten Manville. That would have been an upset. I think if, uh, uh, I guess looking back on it, I guess I, I, United South over Steel yes. would have been a big upset because no, no Laredo team has ever made it to the fourth round ever. Yeah. Um, that would be a big one. So there, there was a few, but none of those happened. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say that for me, my money, I think you you hit the nail on the head. I thought um, Mansfield Summit over Colleyville Heritage was a pretty decent upset. Rockwall Heath over um, Bridgeland were the two that that kind of 
caught me off guard. Well, and I think that really, because you were at the Heath Bridgeland game, and I think that really the only thing that shocked me, because I think that I I thought Heath and Bridgeland, I think we both had it at about a touchdown game. You know, yeah, I'm not surprised that Heath won, but I'm very surprised that because they 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 really dominated that game stem to stern. That was a thorough uh, butt kicking that Heath put on Bridgeland. Yeah, it, it was it was emphatic and it was but that was, you know, that that was probably the closest thing we had to a um to an uh, I guess not necessarily an upset, but at least a surprise. But then we had the big seismic shock, which came Saturday night. And I'm talking, of course, about Eddie Lee Marburger. Uh, hashtag let ELM cook. I love because, look, if hashtag maximum <laughs> bears is going to die. And it's di- going it, get- it died a, a tragic <laughs> it died it, a tragic it, smothering death it turned into minimum bears very quickly <laughs> it did if that's gonna die then hashtag the fact that we got at least one week of hashtag let elm cook oh, it, was, it, it, it was going on saturday night buddy oh, it was man. Going. Yeah. he was awesome in their win over georgetown eastview but no the saturday night game that i think caught everybody's attention because it's always news whenever Allen loses. Yeah, for sure. When you have 7,000 kids in your high school and you lose, it's going to be and you're you're a you are as decorated as that program is. You they were undefeated once again, like all of those things. But go back and we'll talk a lot about Trinity here in a moment, but go back to last week's podcast and you and I coming off of that kind of gritty gutty ugly win over south grand prairie we were both looking at that and be like man i don't know if alan's got the juice yeah and sure enough give a ton of credit to Eulis trinity and and that's one thing i want to make sure we put out that a lot of the talk is going to be about who lost that game i don't think alan lost that game well, trinity, I think out, Eulis trinity went out and took it yeah Trinity won it. I mean, I mean, obviously Ollie Gordon and his huge night is going to take the headlines, but I thought um, obviously you have to give a lot of credit, and he gave a lot of credit to his offensive line, which is what Trinity is known for. And then, you know, their defense um, came up with, you know, they, they gave up 45 points and they struggled. Um, second week in a row they gave up 40-plus points, but in key moments, much like in the middle of the league game that I was at, in key moments Trinity made plays. They got a mm-hmm. couple of key interceptions, and, and that, that was the difference in the ball game. Well, and then there's Ollie Gordon. He's pretty good. And, what a moose! Yeah, what a freaking moose! <laughs> and I, I, I've been like, start, I've been touting Ollie. Uh, you know, he, he is, I saw him as a sophomore, and he really impressed me. Um, but he got he tore his ACL in the uh, <clears throat> the San Angelo game that I was at last year, and when he got hurt, it really Trinity season kind of went down the tubes after that. Him being back 100% later in the year this year has really been a huge boost and get, made, made Trinity um, a much more – because they have that bell cow back that when Trinity is elite, they, they can they can do some damage. And obviously they – and then, you know, they, they can throw it. You know, Trinity threw for 300 yards against Midland Lee mm-hmm. the week before. So this is a team that can throw the football. So um, I think Trinity is a dangerous offensive team. And I'll tell you what, if, if there's anyone who can take down Duncanville before the state championship game, I, I think Trinity has the best shot of the three that could potentially do it in the next two rounds. DeSoto, Trinity, and South Lake Carroll. Like, Trinity is the team that's built to to handle what Duncanville brings to the table. I mean, and really, other than North Shore, they're the last team to beat Duncanville in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I um, they beat them in the second round at AT and T Stadium in twenty seventeen. That's right. That's right. So, so you know, look, it's uh, uh it, it, that was obviously pretty seismic, uh, you know, because and it's probably the that's probably the second like blast that we've had to the six A Division one bracket. Round Rock's win over over Lake Travis uh, was one, and then now you've got this one of um. Of, of, of Allen going down region one kind of opening up a little bit. So mm-hmm. um, other than that, you know, I don't know it was, it was, I, I don't want to say chalky, but like, you know, I don't know if there were necessarily any real, like well, surprising results that came, came out from it. I thought that it was, um, I, I will say, I thought you had to stick with six, eight division one for one moment. I thought you had some pretty emphatic statements from a couple of, uh, from the the two finalists from last, yeah. the past two years, yeah. Um, Westfield decided to poke the bear, and it didn't go well. Did they? Did they like? Were they just chirping a lot or something? Did I? Did they I miss a, something? Yeah, they were chirping on social media. I think they brought a boombox down. And they were kind of you know playing some music and kind of trying to taunt Duncanville pregame. And yeah, what they didn't, a bad idea. Yeah, terrible idea. Didn't go well <laughs> at all. And and I wonder if that's that was Westfield knowing they were huge underdogs after watching film and trying to convince themselves that they could play in the game and it just didn't work. I don't know. I, I, I just didn't think it was a good idea to begin with. And it, it obviously just pissed Duncanville off. So um, yeah, that was not a great idea. And then North shore, you know, just it, North shore is a Man. team that they, they just get up. And then I think they just kind of get bored a little bit and they let teams kind of, you know, they get up thirty three to six on Tompkins, and then you know we turn around and it's thirty three to twenty two, and we're like, "Is North Shore getting bored?" And then, nah, they score fourteen points right away, and it's over. So it's, it's very. There's a lot of. There's a lot of business like mentality with them. Of we're gonna clock in, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna win this game, and then when this game is over, like we're we're done. Like we've done our part. It's real. It's, it's like they're dialed in, and then once they realize that they, they've got the game in hand, they kind of let off the gas a little bit. But when right. they're dialed in, they're dialed in. So, you know, yeah. I, I think the first time that we're going to see North Shore dialed in for four quarters in quite some time will probably be in that potential se- uh, state semifinal game against Austin Wesley. I think that's probably prob- probably right. Um, I thought that, I you know, we mentioned it off of, uh, last week, kind of in passing at the end about. Katie and Shadow Creek, and mm. we kind of, we kind of, what do we, I think what we said was it's either going to be very interesting or not interesting at all, and it was kind of not interesting at all. Yeah, Katie, uh, and there's Katie's stud defensive end is out for the year. He got hurt. Um, I can't think of his name Silla? now. But yeah, he's out for the year. Oh wow, um, so I didn't know that. That they got that news. I think the day before the game, and didn't really matter. Shadow Creek couldn't. Uh, Shadow Creek's only offense came on special teams. They got a couple of block punts that set up short fields for them. But they, I mean, Katie completely just dismantled them. So, yeah, um, Katie is a machine, and and they're just doing what they do. And uh, I, I think, think it's yeah. it's funny. Are they are they underrated? Like, are they? I I wonder if since they lost to Tompkins, if people kind of haven't paid a ton of attention to them, but they're, they're they're really good. And they're in, they're in division two. And I think that's been, been a big, big Mm -hmm. deal as well, because they're, they're not, they don't have that showdown in the Houston area this year that, that, you know, shadow Creek was, 
not what they were, what they have been the last two years this year. They're still good, but they haven't been what they have, what they've been. Mm-hmm. So I just haven't had that that showdown. And honestly, I don't know if we're we're gonna see that showdown with because I, I think Katie is getting you know, they're you know breaking news. They're a significant favorite this week over Clear Falls, and yeah. uh, in the semifinals they're going to be a significant favorite over whoever wins the Vandergrift Hayes game. So we may not really see Katie get pushed until a state title game. Did I? Um... Uh, one, one thing you know one thing about that and and it's uh, did did i i i because we're probably not talking about katie clear falls unless you want to take it um did, like i didn't realize that clear falls had never won a playoff game before this year <laughs> yeah i think they only did once or twice and it got yeah. beat in the first round yeah yeah so it, great it, job it, by zach head and, and, and that coaching staff really there amazing. Clear falls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, that's enough of that. Let's get to our draft. Uh, it is, if this is your first episode of Tap and Step, welcome. And this is, I would say that normally this is an odd year, obviously, for a number of reasons. But this is usually when the casual oh, clocks totally in. Totally normal year. It's totally normal year. What are you talking about? But the regional final tends to be like when the normal clocks in. Yeah. Um, like when the, when the casual fan clocks in. So this is, if this is your first episode of Tap and Step, welcome. Uh, here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games we are most excited about. Uh, once it, we go three rounds, uh, once it's picked, it's off the board. Uh, and then since there's 16 games, we'll have a hipster game of the week. How about that? Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, let's say I was uh, like, uh, <laughs> be okay. like, uh, don't, don't, I don't uh, know. Ryder, Lubbock, Cooper. That's super um, hipster. Super yeah, exactly. hipster. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go. Uh, I, we did a coin flip before the game, before the show. I won the coin flip finally. So I get street. the first, I get the first pick. In my pick, uh, I this is me. I think it's very obviously the game of the, the game of the week, but uh, your mileage may vary. Let's go to Globe Life Park, which is hosting how many of the games? Six of the sixteen this week. God, six of the sixteen games. This one's the three fifteen p.m. Businessman Special Friday at Globe Life Park in Arlington. As the undefeated Denton Ryan Raiders take on the undefeated Highland Park Scots, and it's now time to have capital T the capital C conversation. Let's 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 have a let's have a conversation. Where's the let's have a discussion gift? Let's have, a, yeah. let's have a, we need to start a, a conversation. Yeah, we need to start this conversation here. Uh, so look, I think on paper. There is very, very little doubt of to who the more talented team in this game is in Denton Ryan and Highland Park. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of respect for Highland Park. I got a lot of respect for Braden Shager. I think their offensive line's pretty darn good. Uh, it's I think outstanding. It's a they great got, offensive line. Yeah. They got some playmakers. They are fun to watch. But Denton Ryan is bordering on all star team type stuff. I mean, some of the playmakers they got, whether you're talking about Jatavian Sanders or Billy Bowman or or Bear Alexander, who's just now starting to eat up front, or 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 Kiori Hicks, their running back, or 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 the Memphis commit in uh, in in Seth Hennigan. I mean, they are loaded. It mm-hmm. is crazy how much they have. And yet, I think you could maybe make at least a similar argument. In 20, definitely in 2018, uh, with Spencer Sanders. That was Spencer Sanders, or was that 2017? 2017. 2017 was Sanders, was that his sophomore that was year? Uh, was when, senior year, I think. Senior, senior. Yeah. That was senior year. Yeah. Um, 
where and he was healthy because he was he got injured in the, in 2016. And yeah. if you want to say okay, well in 2016 they lost their quarterback, they lost the game, then fine. Yeah, because that game in 2016, Ryan was was in I think had control of that game yes. when Sanders got hurt. He got and hurt. Kyle Parker made a comeback. Yeah, 2017, Spencer Sanders was the best player on the field, and he was on the field. And Highland Park went out there, and I mean they punked them. Yep, they punked them. Mm-hmm. The all, I mean this very, very sincerely. The only question in this game is whether or not Highland Park lives in Denton Ryan's head. Yeah, it's a mental thing. I, I think on paper, Denton, you know, the, 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 especially the front end talent, you can make a case that like guys 15 to 30, Highland Park has an edge. But I mean, Denton Ryan's front line talent is, is absurd. Um, and, and they should win this game. They have no reason to not win this game. Um, but for whatever reason, Highland Park has had Denton Ryan's number mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if it's, if it's like you said, a mental thing, if it's Denton Ryan just doesn't execute against Highland Park very well. If Highland Park's come up with some crazy schemes to throw Denton Ryan off, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's, there's something there and there's been something there the last couple of times these two teams have played. Now, Denton Ryan did not get to exercise that demon last year because Frisco Lone Star took care of Highland Park, and then Denton Ryan su- subsequently drilled Frisco Lone Star in the state semifinals last year. So they, they Denton Ryan got to the title game, but there was still that lingering question of, you know, can they beat Highland Park? Is, is, does Highland Park still have their number? And I think, you know, this is the group for Denton Ryan to, to um, basically put up or shut up at this point. It's I mean, it's now is, or never. Yeah, they got it, it, this is their this is their year. They are so loaded, they are are so talented, and they're playing really well. And, mm-hmm. You know, and I know their quarterback Seth Hennigan, the Memphis commit, took some grief last year. He didn't play his best game in the state championship game last year, um, but I think he's really taken a step forward this year and has really played excellent football. Um, made some big throws against a good Longview defense last last week and made some plays in, in the wind. I mean, he's 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 been great this year. And I think he's going to need to be great this year. Um, but the matchup I'm looking forward to is that D- Denton Ryan defensive line with mm-hmm. Jatavian Sanders and Bear Alexander and and DJ Arkansas at linebacker. That's a great name, by the way, DJ yeah. Arkansas. He's committed DJ to Rice. Arkansas. He's committed to Rice. Like you know, nobody talks about him. I mean, this is a Division One committed linebacker that no one talks about on his defense because it's so star studded. Yeah, that that front defensive front going against. Uh, what a lot of people think, you know, talking to some, you know, our, our buddy Guy Frazier and some other folks around the Highland Park program, they think this is Highland Park's best offensive line they've ever had. Mm. And they're really good. Uh, Jack Layer, the Stanford uh, commit, kind of leads the way, but they've got probably th- two other Division One players in this offensive line as well. It's a really good offensive line. And I think this is where the game's going to be t- won or lost. If Denton Ryan can get pressure on Braden Shager, the Hawaii commit at quarterback, if they can get pressure on him with their front four, they're going to win the game yes. because they're going to they're going to stuff Highland Park. They're they're going to limit the running game with the with their linebackers, and they're going to be able to get pressure on Shager because Highland Park a lot of their offense relies on timing and Shager being able to have a clean pocket um, to throw the ball downfield. If Shager's got time and he's able to sit in the pocket, he's going to pick apart the Denton Ryan secondary. As talented mm-hmm. as the Denton Ryan secondary is, Highland Park's offense is too complex, and their receivers are too too good too good at route runners, and they don't drop the ball. They're going to make plays. So mm-hmm. this is the key in this game is, is, the, is that battle. The Ryan defensive line against the Highland Park offensive line. It's it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And 
this is like it just comes down like again i think i think that and and one thing i do think i think that ryan's going to be able to move the ball and yeah. i think you saw that last week that like the longview unsurprisingly stopped ryan from running the ball relatively effectively mm-hmm. right they stopped longview, them from running the ball longview's you know? defense is very good against the run and you look at yeah. in, in the in the two ryan losses to Hollow park in 17 and 18 mm-hmm. they moved the football that yeah. wasn't the issue. It, their defense not being able to stop Holland Park was the issue. Ryan's been able to move the football. Right. So can they, they're going to be able to move the football. It all comes down to whether or not they can find stops. They can come up with plays. And when it gets to, look, and it's it just, it, it, there's something about it that like, you know, Highland Park is one of those programs. They don't beat themselves. They don't make mistakes. They don't go out there and beat themselves. And Denton Ryan, I think at the very least back in 2017, they let that thing snowball. And Highland Park made a couple of plays that got them going early. And Ryan got a lot of, I don't want to say effort, but like you kind of saw like the slump shoulder. Here yeah. we go again. H- heads are hanging, you yeah. know, bi- bad body language. Bad body language. I think the first quarter is really important. That if Ryan jumps out there like 21 nothing or 21 7 in the first quarter, it's like, and they get a couple of stops, like a couple of turnovers even, then it's like we have liftoff. Because here's the other thing I think there is a, there is a, there is a real possibility. That like you know not a huge possibility, but I think there's a real possibility that Ryan beats the tar out of Highland Park. I think if you go by on paper, and if they answer the question of can they pressure Shager, like if they pressure Shager, you could really see something like 45 to 14, and like a real clobbering. You really could. Mm-hmm. But that's a big I question. think an, I think an equal chance is also that Highland Park just lives there and just is in their kitchen making eggs. You yeah. know what I mean? And they're just like, yeah. What do you? We've been here the whole time. Yeah. What do you? What it's, do you think? And it's twenty-one to fourteen at the half. Highland Park's up by up by a touchdown, and they're getting the kickoff to start the third quarter. Yep. And they go down. They march down the field and score. All of a sudden, it's twenty-eight to fourteen, and now all of a sudden, there's panic on Denton Ryan's sideline. Exactly. I think those are yeah. very equal possibilities, yep. and that's what makes this so interesting. And I also look. I mean, if you zoom out, um, very interesting. We may talk about a game on the other side of the bracket as well. Um, I think the winner of this game is a favorite to win the five AD one title. Um, yes, I would agree with that. I think you know, all you know, res- credit you know, and 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 all due respect to the teams in the other regions. I think the winner of this game is 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 the team to beat. Yeah, I think so. All right, there you go. There's 20 minutes of talk on <laughs> Park and Ben Ryan. It's a big game, and it, need, it's it a needed huge game. needed that discussion. So it's it's a big game, and it's a it's an impactful game. It's like the impactful game. So. Very excited about that. All right, what is your first pick? Uh, my pick is going to be Thursday afternoon. The game I'm going to be at out in Abilene, at Abilene Christian University, as for the sixth time in the past three years, Lubbock Cooper and Wichita Falls Rider meet up for the Region 1 title. Uh, it's the third straight regional fi- regional final meeting, and this, like I said, the sixth meeting in the last three years because these two teams are in the same district. And Cooper's got the edge on Ryder. They, they lead the series 4-1 to one right now. Um, but I feel like uh, th- this game coming in, the, the edge goes to Ryder. They kind of let it slip away. They were up 24-7 in their game against Lubbock Cooper right at the end of the regular season. Cooper stormed back and scored the last 18 points to pull out a one-point win. Uh, and I feel like that that's going to be that's going to be sticking in the back of Wichita Falls Ryder's mind. And I feel like 
they're the favorite going in. You know, you got Jacob Rodriguez, the Virginia commit, a quarterback. Nick Darkus had a huge game last week in their win over Canyon Randall. Um, this Ryder offense is, is clicking on all cylinders, and I feel like that they have the edge in the matchup against a really good Lubbock Cooper defense. So, you know, Kobe McKenzie, the Oklahoma commit at linebacker, is kind of the headliner for this Cooper defense. It's a really good unit, but I feel like Ryder, with Rodriguez's dual threat ability, uh, has kind of the answer for Lubbock Cooper in this game. Uh, Cooper's offense is solid, but nothing near what they were last year. You know, last year they were a pretty potent one-two punch in the backfield with um, – uh, the Johnson kid and the, and the Martinez kid, uh, two division one, you know, Martinez, I believe is at rice and Johnson went to North Texas, um, two division one running backs. They don't have that firepower this year. They're a much, uh, much more conservative and plotting offensive unit. So I feel like, especially early, if Ryder can jump on Cooper early and, and, and kind of secure the game, I think, I think they'll be fine. Now, one X factor in this game though, that could play in Cooper's favor is the weather. It's supposed to be possible snow. It's going to be really mm-hmm. cold in Abilene Thursday afternoon. Um, it's going to be it's that if it gets nasty, uh, that that really tilts tilts it towards Lubbock Cooper because that kind of fits into their personality. And Ry- Riders a little more dynamic offensively team. So if the weather's bad, that could affect Riders' passing game, which could really limit what they can do offensively. So that's that's a little bit of an X factor. I mean, the weather's playing havoc with me right now i got major allergies today oh, and this no. cold front is supposed to come through uh tomorrow and t- you know tuesday night and wednesday wednesday night is supposed to come through and get cold and start snowing and, and the further west you go the worse the weather is going to be so with this game being played in abilene um there's a good chance there's going to be snow on the ground during this football game so uh it'll be interesting to see how how, how this plays out but i i all things being equal i like Ryder, but if the weather weather gets rough that that could change well, with cooper and and that's what's so interesting is, you know, you say it's hard to beat a good team twice, and that's very true. And Ryder, you know, Ryder knows they let it, they let it, they coughed it up. They spit the bit. Now, I'll give a lot of credit to Cooper. They forced some mistakes, and they, you know, they Absolutely. came out and won that game. That's not a, that's not meant to be a dig at Cooper. But, but with Ryder left, left Lubbock up 24-7, feeling like they should have won that football game. 100%. Yeah. And... And this comes back to that same matchup of Rodriguez versus McKenzie or the offense of Ryder against the defense. And so, like, how much has changed? Um, you know, I'm very, I'm very intrigued by this matchup. Um, they know each other so well. This that's is, it. It's like, it's like there's no meetings. There's no secrets. Mm-mm. Like, there's no secrets, you know? Like, like these, co- like these coaches, um, these, these, these coaching staffs know what is, like they know like what is uh, they know each other's tendencies who can come up with one or two little things and i will just say this we've had this conversation about mark bendel before he's a bit of a mad scientist you know what i mean he he's gonna come up with one or two little things and chip darden is kind of like i think like these 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 two are old rivals who are like they're meant to fight forever you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, like this is it's this is superhero supervillain stuff. You know what I mean? I'm not saying one is the other, one or the other. But what I'm saying it is, like you are, Tepper. Sounds they, like you are. Is that they match up so well against one another that uh, like 
they're just destined to do this forever. Is this this the weirdest like rivalry that's built over in the past three years? Is like Wichita Falls versus it's just you wouldn't think these two would be rivals, and and I I don't think there's a ton of animosity. I think there's a lot of mutual respect, but you know you play enough, you're going to develop a little bit of a dislike there, and I think I think I think we'll see that on Thursday afternoon. You know, the only the only one that springs to mind is when remember when like Longview and Westbrook played in the playoffs like yeah. three straight years yep, yep. and stuff and it was just like similar to that it's like yeah we, it's just like oh it's like we, we manufactured a rivalry here we just keep seeing each other so i yeah. guess we better fight yep. it'll be it'll be a lot of fun i i think mean, that's an excellent pick all right my second pick you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get complicated i'm gonna stick in that same bracket that i took the first one and i'm gonna pick the game the other really interesting game in 5ad1 they're all interesting including we're gonna have a corpus christi team in the state semifinal baby but we are um, let's go to Brian to Green Stadium, two thirty p.m. Friday night, Friday afternoon. You're picking my Friday afternoon game. That's where I'm oh, going to be no, Friday. Man, I'm just following you. It is the Manville Mavericks and the Cedar Park Timberwolves, and it we we have now reached like we we've we've probably reached the point that we knew we were going to reach all along, which is. Cedar Park's been so consistently excellent. They've been so just like rock solid going out there and doing their thing every single week. Uh, And we knew that some team from that other side of the bracket was going to get hot, real, real hot and, 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 and make a run. And here it is. It's Manville. Manville, I know I say this every week, but like, I just cannot stress enough how few seniors they have on this team. This is a very, I remember we talked to coach, their offensive coordinator at the, uh, Remember when we went to coaching clinics? We went to the Lone Star Clinic in College Station uh, in February before uh, COVID. Was this was this before my son was born, or I, I don't know, know. Like right. all kind of you know melt together. Coach Crumity was like, "Oh, you know, we're a year." He, he was poor boy in us. He was like, "Oh, yeah. we're a year away. We're going to be really young." He, he's right; they are really young, but they're not a year away. No, they're here right now, and yeah. the guys they've got. I think that the running game. <laughs> With Demonte Seymour and Jordan Vaughn has been really good. They have an outstanding pass attack with uh, Walt Hall, Jordan Jordan Walt Hall, I won't say, um, and then um, and then they're uh, what they're, uh, the quarterback is the Larry kid, right? Larry, Gabriel Larry, yeah, yeah Jalen Walt Hall, I should say. And they have been really dynamic. And that defense, which is real young. Um, they are, they've really grown up and they're, I mean, they're fundamentally seniors at this point. I mean, they're playing, they're going to play a game in 2021. They're, it's their senior season. It's their senior year. (laughs) So, um, they've been fantastic. Here's Cedar Park and Cedar Park has been cruising along. I will say this last week against New Braunfels Canyon. Weird. Weird. They didn't um, play. They didn't play well. They, I, I, and and I don't know if and, and you know I don't think anyone on the Cedar Park coaching staff would admit this, but I wonder if number one, if the kids coming off that big win over Richmond Foster the week before, yeah. looking at a potential matchup with Manville, just completely overlooked New Braunfels Canyon, and New Braunfels Canyon almost bit them for it. But mm-hmm. I wonder also if the coaching staff got real conservative in this game. Uh, once they got a little bit of an early lead and just kind of went real vanilla with the play calling, just to kind of let's get the hell out of here and get the win Maybe. and get ready for Manville. There's, there's a there's a bunch of different opportunities yeah. reason, reasons for that, but it it was it's the first time we've really seen them look kind of mortal. And now look, 
the defense is what they hang their hat on. They always do. And their defense has been really, really good. This will be the most, well, this will be the most complete offense that they're going to, they will have faced this year, in my opinion. That I think you can make an argument that Foster maybe is more explosive than Manville. I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's close. Uh, they're, they're, they're comparable, at least. Um, but this is at least the most complete offense they're going to face. The difference for me, and 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 to me, what makes this Cedar Park team special is Ryder Hernandez. I mean, this is a guy who is a three-year starter. There is an uh, uh, like doing some quick back of the envelope math. Um, he's probably going to he's probably going to start like his fortieth or forty-first high school football game in this one. I mean, he has been around. You know when Ryder Hernandez first played his first varsity game was. No. As a freshman, when he came in for Cedar Park in their playoff loss to Manville, uh, when the Cedar Park starting quarterback got hurt. I think Are that, you I serious? Guess, yeah, that was in uh, 2017. Wow. I mean, this guy came been- in. Yeah, he came in as a freshman as uh, you know, with Cedar Park's quarterback, which I can't remember his name at the time. He got hurt against Manville, and Ryder Hernandez, as a freshman, had to come in and finish wow. that game. That's amazing. But this. How's that for full circle? Th- to me, the reason I like Cedar Park is on that offensive side, is that Manville's defense can give up some big plays. They have in the past. Part of that is that they've just gone up against some big explosive offenses. But I'm not sure. I think that they're, I think the Cedar Park defense is going to be able to make a couple of stops. And I think that Cedar Park's explosiveness and their big playability might just put them over the top. But I think this game is tight, 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 tight. I think this game is, in fact, I think the computer has it as a pick em. Um, which so, sounds right to me. I yeah. think this game is anybody's ball game. It, it really is. I mean, uh, I picked Cedar Park. I think I think this is their year um, to get it done. I think Manville is going to be going to be right there in the mix. But I, I this is a senior heavy Cedar Park team going up against a relatively young Manville team, and typically in those kind of games, I lean towards the senior heavy ball club. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I think if we were playing the, if you know, I think I think that you give the edge to the to to the experience, and that's what they've got. Okay, so I like that one. What is your second pick? Uh, I'm going to go to the Saturday night special at Globe Life Park as the game that we did not get to see in the regular season is going to take place this week as the Duncanville Panthers take on the DeSoto Eagles in a game that will have the entire Metroplex. Uh, Their eyes will be on Arlington, Arlington for this one because this is two name brand programs not far from each other in southwest in the best southwest area of dallas county um they are rivals you know i think i think if you ask DeSoto who their biggest rival is they would say cedar hill uh but duncanville's biggest biggest duncanville probably feel like, feels like their biggest rival is DeSoto. Mm-hmm. this is this will be you know there's you know from the head coaches on down there's a lot of mutual respect there but there's also not a lot of love lost either i mean these are these, are, these teams are going to get after it on Saturday night. They are competitors. They, they all know each other. Um, it's going to be a fun game Saturday night. And um, I, think, I think we'll have a very big crowd, you know, as big as Globe Life will allow. Um, and it's, you know, you, you, you want recruit Knicks to be on the scene. They will recruit Knicks to be on the scene because there's all kinds of Division One talent in this game. Um, and, and you look, I think the, the, the edge is with Duncanville here. Uh, because Reggie Samples has had Claude Mathis's number in the playoffs when mm-hmm. Reggie was at Duck Skyline. I believe he's three and one against Coach Mathis in the playoffs. Um, he's had he's had Coach Mathis's number, and he's got a, he's got a really really good team. You know, obviously at Duncanville. I mean, this 
what they did to what what they did to Spring Westfield last week, you could tell they were pissed off because that was borderline criminal. Uh, <laughs> it was. That, it was. I mean, that, 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 I mean, for lack of a better term, the ass kicking they, that they put on Spring Westfield was impressive. And and by the way, that doesn't happen to Westfield. Like, no. let's be real. Like Westfield loses, but when they lose, it's thirty-one uh, seventeen. Or it's, you know, it's, it's, it's maybe they lose like a real ugly slop fest, 24, 14, something like that. They do not get their, they do not get boat raced. The only two times I've seen Westfield get boat raced like that was, I think in 2018 when they lost to North shore, like 31 to three. And then when they went up against Kyler Murray in the regional final down in round rock, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was Kyler's junior year when he just went off against them. Other than that, Westfield, like I said, they don't, they don't, they, they might get beat, but they don't get, they don't get drilled. So. Um, this Duncanville front seven is absolutely ferocious. It's the best front seven in the state of Texas, no doubt about it. Um, loaded with Division One talent. Their offense, I feel like, you know, the, the running back Malachi Medlock hasn't been talked about as much. Um, you know, he transferred in from Odessa Permian. Um, he, he, he's been pretty good as a junior, and I think he's getting better and better. Uh, quarterback Grayson James, I mean, he's not Jaquinnon Jackson. He's a different player. Um, but he throws the ball pretty well, and he's given Duncanville uh, a little bit more of a downfield passing threat, um, and that's that's big when you got a guy like Roderick Daniels who can go go get it for you. Um, so this Duncanville team is pretty complete, pretty well rounded, and and they're eyeing a, a chance to get back to the state championship game. But you know, Desoto is going to be ready for him because Desoto Desoto if they're if, aside from North Shore, if you're looking for a team that can match up physically with Duncanville, it's Desoto. Um, you talk about their two two stud defensive linemen, um, Byron Murphy and and, and um, uh, Shamar Turner. They got the Illinois committed quarterback Samari Collier. They've got you know Jaden Wilson out wide. They've got dudes. I mean, they can make plays. Um, this is just going to come down to I think can Desoto's offensive line, which is I think the weakest part of their team, hold up against that Duncanville front seven and give Collier time to make plays and push the ball downfield and get that DeSoto tempo going. If Duncanville's defensive line controls the game and doesn't let DeSoto move the football, I, I feel like Duncanville's gonna gonna eventually wear DeSoto down. And, and DeSoto cannot start DeSoto started out I was at the DeSoto spring game last week. They started out really slow the first half. They were down 14 nothing. Can't can't afford that this one. They they gotta come out smoking from the jump or Duncanville's gonna run away with it. Yeah, that's that's the 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 thing is that the past couple of weeks DeSoto has had to go in and make adjustments at halftime and credit to the coaching staff they did mm-hmm. and they came out and they and they they won the second half and won the game. Like that is not that path is not available to them this week. If no, that happens if they do that this over. week they, then it's going to be 35 nothing at halftime yep. and everybody can go home. Um, that's the real thing here. And yeah, I think it's, I, I think that you're spot on and, and, and I don't, we'll probably end up talking if Duncanville wins this game, which I I'm picking them to win the game. If, if we'll probably talk about them more, this Duncanville team, obviously people are going to have, you're going to have to go and compare them to the past couple of years. I do not think this offense is as good as it was with Jaquindon Jackson. Now that's an extremely high bar, and I recognize that. Mm-hmm. I do not think. I think it is a half step to a step behind that. I also think this is the best defense I've ever seen from Duncanville. And 
I mean, I'm trying, trying not to be a prisoner of the moment here, but like that defense is something serious. And if they go out there and they shut down DeSoto, then it's like, watch out. Cause I do think, look, I mean, we, we, North Shore and North Shore and Duncanville know what's up. They know they're, they're eyeing each other from across the room. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? They understand. And these two teams, I think both those teams went out there and they wanted to send a message across the bracket last week. And I think it's the same thing this week. North Shore is going to play Ridgepoint. I'm not pay- I'm not taking the North Shore Ridgepoint game. You can if you'd like. But like I think North Shore is going to win that game. North Shore is a, a significant favorite. In that n- significant favorite. Um, I think they're going to go out there and they're going to make a statement not only to Westlake but also to Duncanville. And Duncanville, I think, is going to try to do the same thing. Now, DeSoto's good enough to beat them. If, if, if Duncanville screws around, they put the ball on the ground, they're good enough to beat them. But it's a really interesting kind of mental game going on right now but for teams that aren't playing one another. It's great. All right. My third and final pick. Man, I don't know where to go because I don't want to live. Ah, no, I don't want to take that game either. I if guess you, we can talk. You if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to tell you. If you don't do it, I'm doing it. 582? Fine, I'm gonna take it. <laughs> Matt step, let's go. I am not. I, let me let me preface it with this by saying this: this is not the best game of the week. Okay, I want to be very clear about that. This is not the best game of the week. But if you want a freaking roller coaster ride, if you are a thrill seeker, yeah. and you just if you want to flip on your television and be entertained, yeah, thoroughly entertained. I think this is the game for you. Five o'clock Saturday evening. At Hero Stadium in San Antonio, it's unbeaten Liberty Hill and unbeaten Sherilyn Pioneer in, again, one of the most wild-ass, like, cl- like clashes in styles that we may ever see. Oh, God. it's You want polar opposites of, of offensive philosophies? This is, this is, this is a game for you. And, and that, that, those that do it well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because both of these things, both these teams are running their offenses at an enormously high level right now. And let's talk a little bit about Pioneer. And we mentioned it in the open, but let's put a let's put a, a pin. Like, let's really underline what Eddie Lee Marburger did last night, last week. Georgetown Eastview gets the ball and goes down and scores seven nothing. Okay, and it's almost as if they taunted. Eddie Lee Marburger and said, well, what you got big fella. Uh, And then he goes out there and accumulates 691 yards of total offense and 10 total touchdowns. And by the way, he got pulled at one point in this game that they thought they they thought they had it under control. And then they pissed them off even more by going and scoring. And they're like, well, fine. We'll put in, we'll put in ELM again. And he scored again. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was uh, now look Georgetown Eastview is not a great defensive team and I want to be very clear about that they're not a great defensive team they were always a team that was kind of a built out score them but they roll out a 77 burger in a regional semifinal <laughs> and the offense has been nuts it's nuts and we and, and we should really mention this okay we talk a lot about Eddie Lee Marburger because he's sensational because he's amazing but if you watch that team that whole offense, that whole unit, it's serious business, dude. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They, I mean, if 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 you dropped that offense 
into Allen, Texas, we wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah. They, okay. They can score points. And, and what's funny is their be- their best returning receiver this year opted out of football this year because of COVID. Obviously, the impacts down there were a lot greater. He opted mm-hmm. out, and they're still just just plug and play. Let's just next man up, and oh, let's man. just. I mean, that, that Joseph Graham Jr. is a sophomore, and oh, he's just making plays. And and, and Barberger, people forget how good of a. I mean, this is a big kid who runs a four five forty. I mean, he he can move. Mm-hmm. So that's Pioneer. Then there's Liberty Hill. And Liberty Hill, um, if you remember back in like 2018 when they made that run to the title game, we started calling it the murder T because slot T gets a bad rap for being three yards in a cloud of dust. This ain't no three yards in a cloud of dust slot T, guys. This is big play after big play after big play. And it's Blake Simpson and it's Trey Seward and they are just gashing you for nine yards a pop and you can't do a damn thing about it. Now, they got into a little bit of trouble last week against Leander Rouse. And credit to Rouse, Joshua Mann and company, best year you know, to go from one and nine to what they did this year is remarkable. But the defense was pretty vulnerable to a passing attack and to to the Rouse passing attack, which brings us to Pioneer. And and look, I think I know how this game is going to go. And as much as I love Eddie Lee Marburger, and I, I would so love to see a Valley team get into the semifinal, or I, I think that there will come a point where somebody's got to make a stop and there's one team here in this matchup that does play defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be fun as hell. This game's going to be fun as hell. Yeah. And, and, and if you just want to be entertained, if it's five o'clock, five o'clock, crack a beer, sit down, pop on Texan live and be entertained. I think Liberty Hill is going to get like three stops and that will probably be enough. Because I'm, I'll be honest. I don't know how Pioneer stops him once. I mean, that, that's kind of my my read on this game as well too. I think Liberty Hill will find a way to get a couple of stops, and they're going to win. Now, and I think Liberty Hill. Now, if you want to give Pioneer an advantage, it's that they've already seen the slot T a couple of times this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most recently, two weeks ago against Marble Falls. Now they haven't seen the slot T operated at the efficiency and the talent level that Liberty Hill runs it as but at least they're familiar with it. Um, so that gives them at least a, a, a puncher's chance in this game. But I just I, I trust Liberty Hill's defense a lot more. And I think Liberty Hill may end up going to more of a three yards in a cloud of dust type situation just to keep Pioneer off the field. I mean, but that's the thing. The thing is, they gave up 47 to Marble Falls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, stop Marble Falls. They didn't stop them. They, they, they slowed them enough. To get one extra possession, right at the end of the game, the game. yeah, yeah, yes. one thing, yeah. So this is a this is a Liberty Hill is Marble Falls turned up to eleven, yep, and that's why I think Mar I think Liberty Hill wins this game. But again, this is just this is the fun game of the week. This is the this is the uh, this is it's the, the popcorn. The, this is the Dave Campbell's Texas Football twenty twenty one Memorial Cut the Breaks game. Of the it week. is. Yeah, it's just it's just you know this is this is a popcorn game. This is turn it on and just enjoy two two offenses that are playing at such a high level that you just you can only marvel. So there you go. I'm taking Liberty Hill and Pioneer. What is your third and final pick, Matthew? I'm going to go to beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas, oh! Saturday. As for the first time since 1963, we are guaranteed to have a team from the city limits of Corpus Christi not named Cal Allen in the state semifinals as 
the Flower Bluff Hornets take on the Veterans Memorial Eagles. And I'll tell you what, I think this is the biggest game to come to Corpus Christi in decades. Yeah. I mean, maybe when Lamarck came to Corpus Christi and played Cal Allen in the state semifinals at one time and Buck was packed, that's, you know, now Buck's not going to be packed this this game because of the COVID restrictions, but though as many people as that can come to that game, that every ticket will be sold. I can guarantee you that. Um, this is a rematch. Veterans won the regular season uh, meeting 34 to 17. And I, I think Veterans is playing about as well as they've, ever, they've played all year. I mean, they, they just absolutely hammered San Antonio Southwest last week, 55 to 7. And um, by the way, I, I want to point out that I believe San Antonio Southwest led that game 7 nothing. Yeah, Southwest got the ball and scored, and then that was it. <laughs> it was over after that. And it was a complete all three phases type win for Vets. They got their special teams played a role. Carson center fit. Uh, the quarterback has been outstanding as a senior. He, he led Vets to the – you know, to the fourth round last year, and he's playoff experience out the wazoo for this ball club. This this is a team built to win the region, and this is this is their time. Um, but you know, Flower Bluff, I think, is the one team, especially in the Corpus Christi area, that's not phased by veterans. They've gone toe to toe with vets. They've beaten them. Um, Nash Villegas, you know, is an out- outstanding quarterback in his own right. But the fact that Flower Bluff really struggled last week to knock off Victoria West concerns me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they needed a, a – you know, Villegas had to score with a minute 30 to put that game away and win by seven. And they had to get a late defensive stop uh, to kind of hang on for the win there. I, I feel like Vets is the play here. I feel like they're the team to beat. Um, but I'm really interested to see this game just for the, the spectacle that it's going to be in the Corpus Christi area. I think that you have the two best quarterbacks in 5A in – Corpus Christi respect our our buddy Andrew Body in the four A ranks, but between Nash Viegas and Carter Centerfit, uh, these two quarterbacks have been our, our stars down there in Corpus Christi. It's been a great year for quarterbacks in Corpus Christi. Um, yeah, it actually has. You're right. And so, what I would like to see is these two teams go at it. I do think that you're right. I look at the Vets' defense as probably the difference maker in this game. I think that they have the the better defense. I think that they are they are the team that is playing better right now on on that side. Now, look again; these are two teams that are very familiar with one another, and two teams that are going to throw everything they've got at one another. And I'm very interested to see, you know, what wrinkles they come up with because if you are, you know, look, if you are Flower Bluff coach uh, Chris Steinbrook, whatever you've got to to get an edge, like you throw it right here. Because look, and, and let's be let's be real about this. Winning this game is going to make you relatively legendary in Corpus Christi. Oh, absolutely. You know what you're, I mean? You're you're gonna be on such elite ground. I mean, in 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 recent years, uh other than Cal Allen, and I guess if you want to count Sinton, their runs in the early two thousands, I mean, no one in the in the past fifty years from Corpus has been this deep in the playoffs. Right. And so that is you can become legend this week. And let's also be real. We already previewed the Manville Cedar Park game. The winner of this game will be a sizable underdog to the winner of the region of region three. Yes. So whatever you've got, Chris Steinbrook, let it rip because this is, I'm not saying that they have no chance of winning next week. What I'm saying is that there is so much on the line here from a, I mean, this look, uh, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to overstate one game, 
But like Cal Allen runs Corpus Christi in a lot of ways from the high Ooh. school football ranks. If you win this game, you are probably 1B, right? You know, like, you know, with all due respect to what Miller's been able to do, you're probably 1B in, in Corpus Christi. Yeah, because Miller, were, I mean, all the success they've had the last two years, they haven't gotten past the third. What was it the, well, again, the Miller gets to the fourth round. They should get to the fourth round. This yeah, year. also the regional final. So, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, the winner yeah, this, of this game is going to take take that next step. Yes. So there's a lot on the line. It's really fun. It'll be a it'll be a wild, wild, wild week in Corpus Christi. It's going to be fun to be down on their coastal bend. So there you go. That is your. We are regional final draft. Uh, I took Ryan Highland Park, Cedar Park, Manville, and Liberty Hill Pioneer. Big 5A week. Big 5A Great week. week Five yeah. or six games are 5A. And then you took Lubbock Cooper Ryder, um, Duncanville DeSoto, and Corpus Christi Flower Bluff, and Corpus Christi Vets. So tell us where you're going this week, Matthew. Uh, you, now, now, to be clear, you wanted to avoid Arlington. Yes, I've been <laughs> I've been at Globe Life in, in some capacity the past three weeks, I think, so um decided this week to get out Franchise. of the metroplex yeah um so uh thursday i'll be at abilene christian for wichita falls rider and um lubbock cooper pending the weather hopefully the weather doesn't get too bad and the game gets pushed back a day or two um friday i'll be in Bryan for cedar park and manville and then saturday i decided you know saturday options were a little limited and since i was already in the houston area i just decided to stick around and probably going to watch a, a, a blowout, but um, you know, Katie and Clear Falls is going to be my Saturday option. Yeah, uh, and hopefully, you know, maybe maybe Clear Falls can pull the upset or keep it interesting. But at least I'll get a good look at Katie because I haven't had a chance to see them uh, this year. So okay, so we did not. One thing I want to make sure we mention: we did not mention in any way, shape, or form any. Oh, that's the first six we've mentioned of six A Division two. Um, I think six A Division two has one game where I'm pretty confident I know the winner. Uh, I'm fairly certain Katie's going to beat Cedar Clear Falls. Love to be surprised. Yeah, Zach Ed. the other three are, are very competitive. I mean, I was at the Denton Denton Geyer Prosper game uh, in the regular season. That was a one point game. That's going to be a great game. I, I think I think Cedar Hill. You know, the other three are really competitive. Um, just didn't make the list of the top games. Yeah, I think Cedar Hill Heath's got a chance to be really interesting. Yep. Uh, the one thing about that, and it's funny because I think see, I think Tomball Memorial and Rockwall Heath. Uh, profile actually pretty well together. Like they compare actually. And what Cedar Hill did last week defensively against Memorial was very impressive. Um, if they're able to do that again, that would be impressive. Excuse me. And then that, that game in Austin, Vandergrift and Hayes, man, that's a, that's a fun game. That's um, man. You want to talk about another kind of slot T they're kind of running out of the pistol. Um, another slot T that's running at peak efficiency right now. That Hayes attack, man, it is it is humming. Can you believe that we have two uh, slot T teams and one in six A and one in five A still alive in the playoffs? Amazing. And yeah. you know, look that that'll be a lot of fun because Vandergrift's defense has been unbelievable this year. It'll be great. So there you go. There's your regional final preview here of Tep and Step. I think we went. A little less than an hour, so good job, us. Yes. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We're only doing one podcast again this week. And then next week we do our – we'll do eight games. We'll the do all seven. Guide. We'll, do, we'll do the viewer's guide next week, right? Viewer's guide eight, next week, and then we will have our two state championship preview editions. And then I'm not going to do another t- episode of Tep and Step for like at least a couple of weeks. I'm going to take yeah. a break. Yeah, it's non-realignment year. So, uh, yeah, after January – after the state championship editions, you'll probably not hear from us for a few weeks. Yeah, we're going to take a break. I'm going to – 
re I'm gonna you know reacquaint myself with my son. Be like, hey, it's me, it's dad. He's like, huh? Yeah. Well, who's this guy? All right, that's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. And Steph, thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next time on Tap and Steph.